when we talk about future of work, there are never any all or nones. It's this concept that there's got to be a flexible model and it's got to be about what we are calling working well. Focus on the well-being, focus on the engagement, focus on the experience. And now the difference for us as an employer, it's the 24 hours around that team member. It's not just the moments that they're at work. This is Rob Hoyle and thank you for tuning in to Northwell Health's 20-Minute Health Talk where some of the brightest minds in healthcare help us break down the latest news and developments. I'm alongside my co-host, Chris Gazuski and our special guest, Joe Mascola, Chief People Officer for Northwell Health, the head of HR. Joe, thanks for being here with us today. I want to change things up in our program. I want to go to our segment called Knee Jerk Reactions. It's like a lightning round where we'll ask for your immediate response to the following words and phrases. First up, the future of work. Uh, so first, Rob, Chris, thanks so much for having me here. Pleasure to be with both of you to talk about some of these topics. Future of work, uh, the word that would come to mind would be transformative. And what do you mean by that? Yeah, so pre-COVID, when we do our analysis on the future of work, you have a lot of different things happening. You've got generational exchanges. What do I mean by that? You've got uh, the baby boomers beginning to retire. Uh, You've got this huge influx of millennials And so this notion that you're going to have this exchange of knowledge uh, and the way in which people work, that was all pre-COVID. Now enter COVID. Uh, You you have this remote work component, which there was always some some companies, of course, that uh, a large portion of their workforce was, in fact, remote. Uh, But what you see now is this huge desire for more workers to work where they want to work at the times at which they want to work. This flexibility, this on-demand concept that we've never seen before. There was a study that was just recently released where they interviewed employees from uh, employers of all different industries across the country. And nine out of ten, nine out of ten uh, workers said that they wish to choose where they work from. That's not to say that they don't want to go to the office. They do. It's just a matter of when and how and, and the times at which they work. The challenge in all of this becomes, okay, so we're evolving the way we work, the tools at which we, we use, uh, what the worker looks like, and now we've got to figure out how do we maintain culture in the concept of all of that. Uh, that really helps identify the brand uh, that a particular business or company stands for. So just like uh, telehealth has changed care, remote work has changed the way people you know, think about work and employment. Absolutely. I, I, I think what we've seen uh, and true, I, uh, Chris, thinks is a great point around telehealth. Telehealth's been around for a very long time, well over a decade. But it's the speed of innovation, the speed at which we're uh, ad- adapting and accepting these types of changes. That's really what this last seven to eight months is, has uh, been made it so unique uh, that we've had to evolve at such a a rapid pace. Next phrase up is returning to the office. Now, uh, I guess not everybody's going to be able to work from home. So when the people do have to go into the office, what, what is, what comes to your mind? Uh, Safety, safety first. Uh, You've always got to lead with an abundance of caution, Uh, especially now where we are in this uh, pandemic the, you see how quickly things can change. We're still so far away from this notion of herd immunity. And so if we slip up a little bit, we don't wear our masks, we don't wash our hands, we don't social, uh, have social distancing, uh, you can see how that can really impact a community, a college, uh, a, a, a workplace. And so 
Uh, when you think about how you return to work, it's got to be with an abundance of caution. Otherwise, you're going to find that you're going to have a lot of sick workers pretty quickly. Remote work, I know we, we just touched on that, but what's your immediate reaction when you think of remote work? Uh, it's it's got to serve uh, a purpose. Um, what do I mean by that? So you can quickly take the concept of remote work and say, okay, I'm just working from home. But then you will quickly have a, a team member who comes to you and says, okay, I'm working from home. Things are going pretty well. You're monitoring my productivity. My productivity is good. Why can't, why do I have to live in New York? Can I live in Chicago? Can I live in Florida? Um, and so now you get into a little bit more of a complex conversation and talent needs of the organization, the sort of supply and demand side of hiring team members into an organization. Where does that, where do those skills actually exist? Where are the colleges and universities that produce those skills? And now you sort of broaden that concept a little bit more. The other piece too, when, uh, uh, when, employers and business owners look at this concept of remote work, the ability to monitor productivity in a way without feeling like big brothers constantly watching is such an important topic in this. Again, you want to be able to maintain culture. You want to keep people engaged, continue to generate a superior experience uh, while still delivering on the business outcomes that that business is intending to do uh, through their goals, mission, vision, et cetera. And productivity is a big part of that. But you got to be able to implement that in a way where the the worker feels comfortable. What about wellness? Uh, huge. Uh, plenty of studies coming out, uh, rapid fire over the last many months about this notion of burnout. Now, here in healthcare, of course, we had many articles about burnout pre-COVID, whether that's a result of uh, the complexity of the medicine, the technology in people's hands, the electronic health record, et cetera, so many different factors that are leading to those causes of burnout. Now you enter in COVID, what the healthcare worker has been through over the last many months. This notion of resiliency takes on a completely new meaning. Uh, now you add the work basically round the clock. It's hard to turn it off. Even if you're a clinician on the floor, you know, maybe you're getting sent your, uh, your, uh, your patient load for the next day. Uh, and so you're reviewing that at, you know, late at night when you should be sleeping. Um, uh, or if you're uh, in more of a corporate space, I say in air quotes, you know, you're on conference calls to late in the day. You're answering emails middle of the night. And that's become a little bit of a norm. So uh, you've got to set some boundaries. Um, and I think that's a really important part as we continue to evolve this future of work. Yeah, I think one of the things that people always talked about uh, before COVID was this work-life balance. And so working from home is a kind of a nice work-life balance a little bit because you can keep an eye on your kids and everything else. But right, you said the day all of a sudden extends past nine to five. Yeah, I, just to stay on that for a moment, Rob, the, it's this fascinating thing to, okay, so I'm working from home. My kids are home too. This adds to the challenge and, and what I'll otherwise uh, call the, the burden of being home, especially if you think about even just the differences of ages, whether you have pre-elementary, elementary age, high schoolers, or, or elderly uh, parents, grandparents, uh, aunts, uncles, et cetera, whatever your personal situation looks like, that personal obligation blended with the work hour uh, has created such complexity that when we talk about best places to work and what those superior organizations look like, they're the ones who uh, are trying to tackle that issue at the same time. Now, that can be a remarkably expensive uh, sort of proposition to take on very, 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 very quickly. 
Uh, but you've got to have these solutions because then what's the end result? There's also been a number of articles written recently about the impact of the one, the economy, the layoffs, but then also some of these concepts that we just talked about in particular on gender, females in particular, being the person who is taking, continues to take on more of that, uh, that responsibility within the home, the caring for all those uh, individuals I just mentioned without the support from the employer and the complexity and challenge that that adds, the stress, the burnout. Uh, but then the notion that, look, you know, I don't know that I can sustain this. I may as well just step away from the workforce for a little while while I take care of the kids, mom and dad, et cetera. So it's, it's a challenging time. And one that uh, when we, again, talk about future of work, transformative, how do we uh, continue to support put services ar- around the team member so they can be their absolute best, whether that's at home, whether that's for the family, or whether that's at the workplace. Yeah, having flexibility certainly, you know, worked out for me and my family because I do have young children. But it's it's almost as what you were saying, like the work day never ends. You know, those emails come in, you got to respond, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it's it's the blessing and the curse, right? Um, and so, it, you know, what we've the approach we've been taking here uh, at Northwell is certainly there are never any all or nones, uh, N-O-N-E. Um, it's this concept that there's got to be a flexible model and it's got to be about what we are calling working well. Uh, and well, in its truest sense, you've got to continue to focus on the well-being, focus on the engagement, focus on the experience. And now the difference for us as an employer, it's the 24 hours around that team member. It's not just the moments that they're at work. Yeah, and I guess that brings us to uh, one of the other bullet points on my lightning round list, which is mental health. Yeah, uh, you know, we we uh, we continue to do so much here at Northwell to try and support uh, team member uh, me- mental health, behavioral health. Uh, we have a host of different services, um, whether that's uh, uh, as uh, uh, as simple as an app, uh, trying to at least identify depression and uh, anxiety. Uh, also beginning to work in components of burnout within identifying and getting people health coaches, uh, behavioral health coaches, whether that's uh, clinical services and getting people access to those individuals, and then other techniques, mindful meditation, Reiki therapy, uh, making these things sort of uh, normal practice within our facilities. And our facilities, something that's had a huge success is Team Lavender, just giving people when they've had really that day that's just so heavy, so burdensome, so difficult, the ability to take a time out as a team, reflect. And whatever that reflection looks like, it could be quiet, it could be spoken, it could be sung. Um, it's whatever that team needs at that moment. Yeah, yeah. you add that with, uh, or combine that with what's happening out in the world right now. You know, we have this highly politicized election season. COVID has certainly disrupted a lot of lives. Um, and then you have the social injustice that keep surfacing. How do we balance it all? Yeah, I, you know, I think um, we've got to keep communicating. Uh, we've got to keep uh, focusing on humanity, what makes each of us uh, special uh, as people, as human beings. We've got to, as an organization, continue to support and learn. No one is perfect at this. Uh, um, while we are on a journey, we have to acknowledge where that journey has been successful and where we've fallen. Um, and we have fallen. Um, and the reflection, the ability to have that conversation, the ability to trust in that, 
conversation that uh, of intent of how we'll approach each other again as human beings. Uh, if we lead with that, I think that's the way where we continue to get ourselves to this sort of finding our center again. Uh, we clearly have lost it. Um, and I think, uh, you know, organizations in particular healthcare uh, like Northwell that have won such an important role in communities, uh, not only the care of the community, but then being able to really be a, a building block for the community uh, or the center stone, being that, uh, that voice, that trusted voice, that, that trusted uh, partner, quite frankly. Uh, I think that's what the obligation that we have. What would be your advice to millennials and to uh, employees and, and, and people in general with, about social media? I mean, there's so much division on social media. It almost becomes like a, like a war zone. What would be your advice to people to, to stay out of trouble or, or how to deal with your social media and balance your work? Yeah, it's such a great question. I'm going to connect a couple concepts here. So social media, blessing and a curse. It's connected us in ways we never could have imagined in our wildest dreams. You're connected with your friends from high school, from, from college, You've people that you never knew existed, family at other parts of the world or the country, et cetera. Just truly ex- exceptional. The speed of information, uh, exceptional. You know, uh, Chris, you know, I look at my, I have two teenage girls and their ability to stay connected with their friends during isolation. Uh, you know, I... Looking back, if, if, when I was in high school, I, I think we would have had a really tough time of it. But here, social media, they're able to do it. Um, and yet, uh, they're still interacting in a, in a way, albeit differently. Now, you enter some of these other concepts. This, it's the speed, which, in a way, uh, gets us in trouble, right? That notion of, okay, yeah, fact-finding. You've got data points coming from all different places. Some is true, some is not true. It's hard to really know what the truth is. You've got people reacting so quickly. Again, let's go back to this concept of we, the employer, 24 hours. What position do we take for employees who are posting um, uh, uh, racial discrimination, gender discrimination, uh, when they're not on the work hour, but yet they represent the brand that they work for? And so taking a stronger position on those types of items is, is a must. Uh, it's just, and, and that's, that's the way in which, uh, unfortunately, social media has evolved where people don't have a fear of just saying anything and everything. And it's, it's, it's really become that blessing and the curse. And lately, we've seen more of the curse. So what would, what would be advice that you would give any employee, not just a Northwell employee? Yeah, um, it's not to say all social media is bad and we shouldn't use it. Uh, the advice, I think, is as follows. You've got you've to be careful about what you post. That posting is forever, and it's for all to consume. And so if you wouldn't feel comfortable saying it in a, in a, in a crowded room uh, with a microphone in front of you, don't say it on social media because that's the same thing, that's the same impression that you're going to le- leave. The only difference is that that room, that crowded room, is now... Take your analogy. It's the world. It's the nation. It's your community. Uh, and so uh, think twice before you hit the post button. Think twice before you hit the like button. Think twice before you hit the thumbs down or thumbs up button. Uh, it's really uh, something you have to be careful with. Even though this, this segment was called knee-jerk reactions, I guess that's a good piece of advice. Don't have knee-jerk reactions when you're on social media. Well said. 
changing gears, let's talk about some of the opportunities that um, have been created by COVID and and our uh, being able to partner with other companies and businesses to help them be safe. Yeah, super excited about this. This is uh, such a unique opportunity for us as a healthcare provider uh, and Northwell in particular. As we as we've received so much acknowledgement of what we've been able to accomplish by by our teams. Uh, all 75,000 strong. Uh, so, uh, you know, we uh, we started a number of years ago uh, an, org- an organization within the organization called North World Direct. Uh, the intent of North World Direct was to be able to provide employers in any industry help two key services. One, well-being services, and two, enhance their value within healthcare. That could be a cost, that could be an experience, that could be uh, access to doctors, et cetera, hospitals, so on. What COVID has done is it's presented a unique opportunity, again, leveraging the experience that we had over the last seven months, um, the successes of the last seven months, and then being able to offer that and everything we just talked about, returning to work, safety, et cetera, uh, to employers across every industry. Super excited to announce that we've uh, partnered with companies of the, of the likes of uh, JetBlue, RXR, which is a real estate um, a firm. Uh, numerous schools throughout the New York metro area, retail organizations, and so on. And so we are in almost every industry at this point offering well-being services. At this point in time, they are in the form of COVID services, either testing, return to work, uh, surveying, et cetera, in a, in a way that is really so different from anything we've been a- able to do before. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, you Normally, you would think of healthcare as like, I get sick, I go to the hospital, or I get sick, I go to the doctor. But now, it's obvious that, you know, here at Northwell, you know, we've invested so much in the community. And this is just like another extension of that. You know, how can we continue to help? Yeah, and this is truly about health. Uh, I think everything you just described, Chris, is is when, uh, when you're sick, you go to the hospital. When you're not feeling so great, you go to the urgency center. But how do we put in something? And, and when employers pre-COVID were looking at engagement, uh, well-being was a huge component of that. Um, actually, Cranes, uh, a number of years ago, started to include that as an indicator on the New York City best places to work list. Uh, and so it's become more of a center point in how employers engage with their employees. Um, what we've seen now is that that is still the case, but within wellness, one of the key items is COVID safety. And so uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really about the health and the wellness of those individuals creating this, this environment of safety. So we have this segment called the top three. So when we talk about the future of work, the future of the employee and employer, what are the top three things that come to mind? Yeah, I think you had a lot of them on the, on the knee jerk. Um, Future of work, super exciting, transformative, uh, wellness and well-being, uh, still the center stage. Uh, add safety to that as a key component, and speed, speed of innovation, speed of discovery, speed of access, speed of recovery, speed of care. Joe, um, we're coming to the end of our, our show here on 20 Minute Health Talk. I want to thank you so much for joining us, but we always like to end uh, with a positive note. So give our viewers something to look forward to, something to be uplifted. Yeah, sure. So... Uh, Absolutely an exciting time for healthcare. Uh, we talked a little bit about a speed on, on this podcast, and uh, I think one of the super exciting things is the speed of innovation. Uh, it is a phenomenal time to be in healthcare. It's a phenomenal time to see how fast these things are happening uh, because they, they truly haven't happened this uh, fast in healthcare's history. So 
uh, super exciting time. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. To the listeners, thank you for tuning in. Everybody have a great day and stay safe. Get more insight from some of the leading voices in healthcare today. Subscribe to 20 Minute Health Talk on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts.